There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Rich. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of thinking you're going to go to a world where things make sense, but then you find out that you got to have them all. Pikachu? I choose <coughs> one version of you. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are continuing our series in playing Fringeworthy and other people's game worlds, and we are talking about the world of Pokemon. And with us is Pixie, our re- resident expert on the Pokemon, I don't know, multiverse, universe, you know. It would be a cosmology because we'll get into that in a little bit as far as there are different dimensions. Well, Pixie, welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast, and uh, please tell us, uh, and by tell us, I mean wave your Greek flag high and wide and tell us, you know, why you have the cred to be our expert on the Pokemon cosmology. She is so grinning right now. <laughs> what, what's your geek cred on this? Gone through several of the games so far. Currently in the process of obtaining all of them. Are we talking about the video, the video games? And I'm obtaining the anime series as well and watching that. I'm basically researching everything necessary on this subject. Pretty much because I have no life. Yeah, well, also, um, uh, one of my fellow, well, okay... She's on one of my spinoff shows. The host of my other spinoff show is running a game, and the Pokemon will be brought into the game setting. So we talked about it, and this is where we came up with the idea, well, what if, what if there was a fringe portal on this world? And it went from there. Uh, so, yeah, you have all the sites. You play these games continually. You remember when it was just 151 Pokemon yes, instead of 721 I remember, now. No, I, re- I do remember. And the first time I had seen anything, I knew for, for a straight off there was 151 because that was the first thing I saw. Was that... That was the first thing caught your eye? Mew. Okay. It's, I have a Pokedex that has them all in it. Yeah. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> also, uh, you want to, real quick, plug your show. Yes, I am also the co-host of Over the Edge, and uh, with Sven of the Lemmings, Lemmings, my former castmate. Yeah, right. All right. Monday nights from nine to eleven Eastern Standard Time. Yes, on DementiaRadio.org, same station I'm on. She's on. She's one of my two spinoff shows that. And she's also on my show, like, learning the trade. So, okay, we got that out of the way. Now, Pokemon, Fringeworthy in Pokemon. Now, you and I decided what world it would be on. We went through, yes. because I have, I've got all the Fringe, all four portals books printed out and in a binder. And we were looking through to see what would be suitable. And actually, the one we found, it's out of Portals 3. It would be on page, well, for the Portals 3, it would be page 51. Um, the fourth alternate of the Ordered Ecology World, and Alt 4 is Croc Shore. Desert beach with small, vicious, croc-like lizards. 
Now, she and I talked about this, and is there a vicious croc-like lizard that would fit that description? Yes, there is, or at least we would consider it vicious. It is roughly two feet tall, blue, and very playful. Its name is Totodile. Okay. So, basically, the IDET comes through the portal, they're on this desert beach, and all of a sudden they see a bunch of two-foot-tall blue crocodile creatures running at them. Jaws snapping, you know. Yes, and due to the nature of fringe portals, I'll let you take that one. Yeah, um, I explained to Pixie about the portal gift, that it... Give it grants you idiomatic control of the language common within a thousand miles of the portal, I believe. Okay, Josie, you did research on the Pokemon world, which is very similar to Earth. It's got its own unique areas, and it's got... Areas that look a lot like some of ours. Well, also has areas like ours. They yes. mention North America, South America, New York City, Manhattan, I London. think those are meant... As references. Well, still, they're in the world. If they're mentioned, it's there. It's like, you know, the gun on the table. If they show it on TV, that gun will be used later to use a saying that Bruce uses. So you, we determined where there would be a desert beach with these things. And you, the name yes. of the region would be... To explain, the region the portal is in doesn't actually have a name, mainly because I can't find one for that side of the world okay this is on the if you are familiar with the main series of games kanto johto hoan sino unova kalos these are all regions human inhabited regions and many of them are fashioned after areas of japan like one is entirely based on the island of kyushu and they're all where is this um, there is a Wikipedia, community-driven Pokemon encyclopedia called Bulbapedia, B-U-B-L-A-P-E-D-I-A. And if you look up Pokemon World, it shows the various, I'm trying to remember, see the, oh, the actual. That's what we're looking at there. Yeah, well, there are areas like Kalos, the Decolor Islands, and Unova. Uh, well, we have, um, as I said, there are various worlds, or various parts of the world all look like parts of our world. And so this particular area where the Totodiles are on this desert beach... It's in an area that's not populated by humans. So it's just Pokemon running rampant in their natural environment. So when the IDEC comes through the portal, they're going to be met by these two-foot-tall, bluish, crocodile, bipedal lizards, because they run on their hind legs, yes. right? And the front legs are, the front limbs are manipulatory. Yeah, they can... So they're anthropomorphic blue crocs, basically. Okay, it would be like that, yes. So you get through the portal, and you hear them talking to you, even though you know that they're just saying their race name, because that is how yes. Pokemon speak to each All other. All you hear are its name and various parts of it. Like Totodile, Toto, 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 Totodile, Totodile, Dial, Totodile. That would be exactly. them speaking. Well, I brought up a good thing. I said, okay... If you are granted the gift of language via the portals and the Pokemon language is you basically saying your name or parts of your racial name, the, the high dead are basically going to be talking and going, human, 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 human. And that's going to be, you know, really weird is that's coming out of their mouth. They're going, wait a minute. I brought this up to Josie. And, oh, yeah, she's breaking up now just for me. It may be the language on the Pokemon world was actually one of the, uh, the the mentalist languages where they have words that are basically the, the words are the pauses and the emphasis 
on the syllables that people say, and it acts, and you actually can get an entire sentence that way, and people can actually talk to each other by just saying random things. But by doing that, it actually conveys the information. And I always wondered if maybe that was the actual language on Pokemon World, but nobody but the Pokemon knew that. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I, that sounds like a decent idea because they all, the Pokemon all seem to understand yeah. each other. Yeah. Despite them being different species, they all understand each other. Yeah. And hmm. you can generally... Okay, most people generally understand Pokemon the same way a dog understands a person, through the tone and inflection in the voice. Yeah, if you're a Pokemon trainer... If you're, well, yeah, if you're, if you're a Pokemon yes. trainer and you're, you know, yelling at your Pokemon for doing something wrong, it's going to shy away because it realizes, okay, my, my keeper is mad at me right now. I did something against his wishes. But as far as straight-up communication, no. So mm. as the idea comes through and they're talking with these things, they're going to actually be able to communicate with them, but the humans are going to be saying, human, 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 or I mean, you know, Tazeel, Demixie, whatever, what have you. But you're basically going to be saying part or all of your racial name in the temple you would in the same inflection and whatnot. Normal conversation. Right. right. Now... Yeah. Well, I'm just okay. So that's that's the Pokemon way of speaking. Sort of like the the uh, librarian from uh, Discworld, you know, Ook. Uh, but uh, but when you meet people, they're not going to be speaking like Pokemon. They're be speaking like like we do. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Well. Yeah. So so the question so the question is, are they speaking in English or are they speaking in Japanese? I would think probably Japanese because most of the nations are based Japanese on Japanese. would be mostly <laughs> what is, would be most of it. Although, Although there is Lieutenant Surge and he's American, so it would depend. There is a region based on New York. Yes. So that would be an, primarily English. And then there's the other region which is based on French, which is a mix of English and French. As evidenced by the professor of that region. Okay, so there, the three. It seems to be three major human languages at play here: Japanese, French, and American English. Yeah. But where the, portal, where the portal opens would be where we've placed it, anyways, is smack dab in the middle of open Pokemon free range. So you're going to be speaking Pokemon. So basically, I'm looking at the, the Pokédex right now. So somewhere either in Johto or in Hoenn Actually, in that area. no. No? Where the portal is is not a main series game. It is one of the spin-off series called Pokémon Mystery Dungeon. Oh! I kind of expanded <laughs> an area called Zero Isle. It's one of the uh. most dangerous areas in the game. I don't even go there. And how long have you been playing these Pokemon games? <laughs> Too long to either recount or remember. I have two. I have over two hundred hours on my one game right now. That one that you in your deck there yes. that you've been yes, the one your thumbs have practically not left in the past two weeks except to go to the con. Gotcha. Yes. All right. So this but open expanse has- land. There's no name for it. It's just, un- well, the humans probably the haven't humans gotten there. The humans have no name for it because they haven't gone that far. They don't, they haven't gone here. Okay, so not all of their world has been explored yet, even though we'll get into the tech level later. But right. basically, they only have, like, what, half the planet? Right. About that? Yeah, but they live around the Pokemon, so they're having to, they cooperate with them more. Okay, yeah, and that that brings up a good point. This society has evolved entirely around the care, the conservation, and a symbiotic relationship with these creatures because they use water Pokemon to fight fires. They use fire and electrical Pokemon to power their buildings and, and, and transportation. They you know, will use Earth Pokemon to move mass amounts of Earth. So, I mean, the humans have learned, first and foremost, to 
have this symbiotic relationship with these creatures, and in the in that way, they've advanced their society greatly. Now, yeah. basically, they have they've seen them as they're also sentient beings, not something to be destroyed as we spread across the world. Right. They've learned to live Alongside with them and among them. them. Yeah. I mean, the humans. Okay, now that's a, that's a good question about sentience and sapience. Are they considered pets? Are they considered? Are they given equal rights? See, that's something else that would come into play because that would affect laws. Not, well, kill, are, well, we already know that killing a Pokemon is a serious offense. There are laws against abusing Pokemon. Yeah, if you abuse or kill a Pokemon, you are. Yeah, that's major no no. So. so. Putting him in a pokey ball is not abuse or anything. I've never been sure. Is it like they're in stasis most, when they're in the pokey ball? Most Pokemon, there are some exceptions, mm-hmm. Ash's Pikachu being one of them, most Pokemon like it inside the Pokeball because... Well, nothing can harm them. They're not... They're it's not more a- dangerous in the wild. Yeah. A wild Pokemon, mm. although they won't hold back in battle, is weaker than its trained counterpart. Well, yeah, because the trained counterpart is... Has learned to use their attacks in different ways. Right. But still, a wild Pokemon, I mean, if you're getting that one rock snake one. Ah, Onyx. Onyx. 28-foot-tall rock snake. You got a 28-foot-tall snake-like creature made entirely of boulders coming after you. You're still not going to have a good day, folks. That's going to hit, like, literally a ton (laughs) of bricks. So, whether it's trained or not, still, that Onyx... Could He's mess you up. Hurt. You're kind of getting off easy meeting the totodile, which just have a you know a very that that bite, a very strong bite. They've got a good clamp. They get a good clamp on your arm, and it's going to take like a crowbar or possibly offing them in order to get let go of that that chomp. And they that's only go-, go ahead. I was just saying, because one thing I, I I remember watching the original series, but I never, but they never went through. I never saw enough. To, I only learned recently that Pokemon can evolve. So I think of the wilds can evolve, or do they evolve? Or oh yes, they, they will. I mean, there are times you do see wild Pokemon evolving, mm-hmm. and they will grow stronger for it. But most of the time, they generally seek out that human interaction because it's part of they uh, they understand that the trainer down is with them and that's what helps them grow stronger so with the training and the interaction that's what enables them to give them the possibility to Two. eventually evolve to a second and then a third form are there any more forms than three no. Okay, so it's your are, beginning form, your intermediary form, and then the advanced form. Yeah. There are sometimes branching forms, but there is no Pokemon that goes beyond a third form. Okay. Branching forms, please. Mm. Uh, um, there is a Pokemon called Tyrogue. It can evolve into one of three different types depending on how it's raised. Okay. There's so you have different- one, and then it goes. it could go 2A, 2B, or 2C. Yes. And then those three are its final form, whichever one it evolves into. Okay, so there's no third form. There's no third form of that one. So that's a variation on the theme of A, B, and C. You just have A and then B1, B2, or B3. Yes. Got it. Um, Okay, Mm -hmm. as far as we, and we discussed this, and I'm going to, again, I'm the OGL junkie here, so I'm going to use the D20 terminology. We've determined because they have developed basically clean energy. If you want to, you know, power your your city, you know, kindly hook up some electric-based Pokemon and they'll power your city. Or if you need to fight a fire, you have a Squirtle there on, on hand. Uh, Squirtle and what are the higher forms? I, Squirtle to Wartortle, Blastoise. Okay, See, I've I've watched a few episodes of Pokemon, so I have very basic. It's funny that you mentioned that one because that one is one of them. There was a Squirtle Squad that fought fires. Okay, and so I've deduced that because 
they have this clean energy akin to fusion, I've kind of deduced that the the base tech level for this society would be PL6. It even says on the Bulbapedia entry for Pokemon World that the base technology is higher than modern-day Earth's. So that would be PL6, what, what would be known in, in OGL as the Fusion Age. Except they don't use Fusion, they use the Pokemon to help power various things. And so they're living a very high standard of, of life. And just because they've just learned to interact with these Pokemon and conserve them and use them properly, they generally have a little more enlightened society. Psychologically, they tend to be a little better. I mean, you're going to have variations out there. You're going to have, you have villains in this, in this world. The most notable, of course, would be Team Rocket. Yeah. But you're going to have people generally on this world, they're not fighting over resources. They're not fighting, you know, they, they conserve their Pokemon. So if something happens, you know, there's not such thing as power outages and, and heat shortages and water shortages because they can just tap into these Pokemon that they've kindly harvest, harvested to keep those basic civic functions going. Interesting. I just, I just clicked on the link for population for the Pokemon world. They figure there's a total of 4,000 people. At, at least that they've seen. Populations of every core series region yields a population of at least... 4,052 4, people in the Pokemon world. Yeah, wow. that's a very small see, number. Spread across the different regions. Well, they have I a, see that as a small number. Oh, it's a very small number. 4,000 people. Uh, My hometown of Belleville doesn't even have 4,000 people. See, I see that as a small number of people do, do, as opposed to what would actually be viable on that world. Well, considering all these different Pokemon there, you know, they take up a lot of space. I mean, you're going to need... I mean, they do, but you, and, see and some of the si- you see the size of some of the cities in Unova and Kalos. Okay, John, you were saying? Well, I was just because this is a running joke. I imagine at least half of those folks are your name Joy or Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every city <laughs> has its Officer Jenny or Nurse Joy. Or actually, multiple Jennies, because I remember a couple episodes where there were at least six or seven Jennies showing up at one time. Okay. Yeah, well, you see, that's the thing. They haven't had the need to spread that much. They've become that enlightened where they don't need to sit there and spread and try to take over the world just because they've tapped into Pokemon. They know how to do resource management. uh, I mean, I... 4,052 on an Earth-sized planet, that's a lot of land for everybody. But then again, you have all the, you know, these 721 different types of Pokemon running around. You're not, unless you start taking over their land, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of yeah. people. Because then the Pokemon, you're, you're getting into the habitat, you know, like how we're building houses and forcing, right. like, rabbits well, and deer are, out of their habitat. Yeah. yeah. That's why we so much problem with deer and stuff because we're cutting through their habitat. Right. They don't they just keep going their normal routes. So the big question I have is are, uh, this is the Pokemon world and humans are colonists here? Or did they both evolve together or what? I mean what's, what's uh, the background right? there? Okay the creation myth let me go up there That's bad. Pokemon is food, and now I'm, I'm actually hungry. Actually, okay. <laughs> it has been done. Just well, only with certain ones is it done now. What? Food. Oh, no, no. I, I just passed that, and I so, so, <laughs> oh, great. I should have more to eat. Um, the creation myths show that humans and Pokemon were created together, and actually humans just evolved. The, the creation myth was, it, it was an avoid of nothingness single, um, let's see, it is said in many Sinnoh legends that the universe, Pokemon world included, was created by a single Pokemon, Arceus, A-R-C-E-U-S. In avoid of nothingness, a single egg came into being, which then hatched into Arceus. 
creates dialgia, palkia, and possibly giratina, and gives the first two the ability to quote time and space. Giratina is banished into another dimension for its behavior, then very during the very early formation of the world, possibly sooner, creates others to simulate, simulate willpower, knowledge, and emotion, respectively, attributes that are in all modern humans and Pokemon. After the formation of the Sinnoh region, they dive to the bottom of present-day Lake Valor, Lake Acuity, and Lake Verity, respectively, dubbing the term the Lake Guardians. Also in this time, Mew likely came into being, containing the, Pokemon, the DNA of every Pokemon. There are many scientists who believe Mew is the ancestor of all Pokemon. Um, yeah, it basically does said that as Pokemon are created, humans split off and evolved into the human form. Uh, yeah. Uh, many years later, the prehistoric era began. The first prehistoric Pokemon came into being. Scientists have proven that prehistoric Pokemon roamed the land as fossils and other archaeological remains have been found to contain the DNA of Pokemon. It is possible that the Mew population may have decreased at this stage as they slowly gave away to other Pokemon species. Evolution has come, separating humans from Pokemon to create the first humans. Ah, so humans in this world are, in fact, Pokemon. Yes. It's just can, you capture, can, can you capture one on a Pokeball? No. No. Um, it won't properly... Well, that's the thing. With, with, with the physics and technology again, remember I said minimum standard of living for these apparently 4,052 people is PL6. Now, mm -hmm. John, you know what that Pokeball is. That's energy conversion. Hi, that's PL8. Because they also have anti-grab machines, so that's PL7. So we're talking, their PLs range from 6, the fusion age, to 8, the energy age. Yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a post post scarcity uh, uh, world. <laughs> it would have to be, yeah, because they yeah. they they don't fight over resources. I mean, you only got four thousand people on the entire world. You have quite a lot to do, and the Pokemon, you know, they help you. They've also seen what happens when they fight. Yeah, because there were two major wars on this planet, and they were yep. when. If you consider that the modern day would be Generation 6 would be what the team would be coming into, then it would be 3,000 years before that. And then later, the more recent one was 300 years bef before this modern day. Okay, so there were two major wars. They they'd be equivalent to world wars, right? Just yes. basically nations fighting yes. against each other. It would be. Do you have any information on those two wars? Oh, let's see here. We have the we have the microphone between us, so she can move to her laptop uh, to my left. Okay. And well, I see. I'm just looking through the physics and technology and the write up on the Bulbasaur Pedia. Yeah, uh, Bulbapedia and any gravity. Well, that definitely is PL eight, if not PL nine. That's PL seven. That's PL seven. Uh, okay, it, it, okay. For folks who don't understand what gravity is, yeah, the PL seven people who know what gravity is, that's PL nine. But anyway, that's you know neither here nor there. As I said, I'm, I'm using the analogy. <laughs> it's what I know. Yeah, and I, many of no. our players are playing OGL <laughs> because we have yeah. zero and fringe worthy D twenty. I'm with you, Trav. Yeah, what? Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Josie and I have been been smacking this topic back and forth she'll ask me one question i'll answer it and throw another five back and she's like oh crap and starts writing down stuff then she'll get that done throw another question at me i'll answer it, and then throw another five back and she's like, oh crap gonna write. we've been and, doing this and, now on and off for like the past three weeks <laughs> and, and consistent considering that ash misty and brock walked walked everywhere you know um mainly because ash destroyed misty's bike <laughs> Oh, the, the, I've known folks who play who also played Pokemon, and they have very specific opinions about Ash. Yes, as you How told he, me a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and how he cheated Pikachu. I, I believe the the PC <laughs> medical term would be rectal orifice. Yeah, <laughs> I can't find the actual page right now for which thing for the Kalos War, but. 3,000 years before Generation 6, the Kalos War was going on, and an ultimate weapon was created. It wasn't originally designed as a weapon, but was used by as one 
a little bit afterwards. Anything can be perverted into a weapon, Josie. I think I probably told you. Yeah. It was by the guy who made it yeah. in the first place. Um, so you had the 3,000, the war 3,000 years prior. Then you had another war 300 years prior. Yeah. Those are the only two major knockdown, drag out, this may, you know, alter the world forever battles. I mean, I'm sure there have been skirmishes here and there, little, you know, border things or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, depending on... But well, these other ones... Those two were those the... Those two were the... The biggies. This could destroy the world if left unchecked, probably. And see, this is the thing. It, with, with the level of technology these guys have, you know, the, and they're PL6 to PL8 now, because... I, I think it's a good thing that in this case, because what what's the one phrase and I'm blanking on? Oh, uh, technology has outstepped the society's ethics. At in the, this case, except for those two wars, in this case... At the time case, that, that they were, those two wars were a point where it had gone past their ethics and then... And they, re- they reined everything back in and yeah. realized, okay, this needs to be... And I take it the person that perverted the device into a weapon was stopped and he was stopped because he finally learned where he went wrong that's the interesting part this guy after the first time of using the device he was cursed by one of the legendaries okay this is something about the pokemon that i've come up with now the world has an energy and I believe you called it Aura? It has various names. Aura is the simplest. As far as I'm concerned, that's mana. That's that's ambient magical energy. So I classify these Pokemon, all 721, the different types. If we were to use the OGL creature type, I would say they're all magical beasts. Because they have reasonable intelligence. They have an an intelligence of above three. A lot of them are pretty much have the intelligence of pets. Because in the OGL, you have uh, intelligence one or two. You're considered an animal. These These things, I would say... Pets or average child intelligence. Three to six intelligence, I would say. Yeah. Excuse me, John? I say, where so where'd you put where do you put Meowth? Meowth? Oh god. Well the fact that he can talk that that particular Meowth. Yes. Team Rocket's Meowth, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That one he taught himself that. So he would have to have He would have incredibly high intelligence and wisdom to have that amount of mental power. To force himself into full sentience, yeah. To he force would have. Himself he to would speak human. He would have. No, no. He'd have high stats in intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Yeah. Of, I mean, he above would have, the human. He would. I debate about wisdom. He is with Team Team Rocket. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> as, he might be using them as a means of power. Of course, after a while, he probably would walk away. Yeah. Well. Because as twisted as their boss is, Jesse and James do care. Yeah, well, but um, I do, I do remember the the one. Ep- I do remember the one episode where Meowth had to be his own trainer and fight a, and fight a battle all by himself. <laughs> oh, I know he's got the claws and everything. That's not the. That's not a problem. I mean, he. Yeah. You know, he can you know get down to it if he has to. Um. But yeah, as the IDET comes in, they deal with these Totodile. I know that down the line, commsats are shot off and to find out if there's radio signals or whatnot. If it was something that would be brought onto the, like on the trailer, being hauled by the team's SUV. Now, if that commsat is launched, or even if you're using a, a regular radio. After a while, you might pick up radio signals, but they're going to be far, far away. They're going to be in the opposite side of the world. You would need the comm satellite to do that. And because this world would be equivalent to PL6, they have a communication. They've got, like, an internet. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, have you... Uh, well, 
well, they might be operating at higher, at different frequencies or a different much. It may take a while to figure out how to actually understand what you're what you're picking up, because they're obviously going to be using better better compression, better transmission, different protocols. It, it'll take a while to figure out how to just get audio to work properly. Oh yeah, but I mean, once they do, <laughs> once they get that going, they're going to be hearing communication in probably either Japanese, English, or French. And so they'll realize, you know, if they do any type of triangulation, they're going to realize that all the humans are on the other side of the planet. On the opposite side of this desert beach with the totodiles running around. Um, let's see, what else about the physics and the technology here? Yeah. Well, they, they definitely uh, will put the... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, they, 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 I mean, because... They've managed to you. They've managed to harvest and be stewards to Pokemon. Their technology level has not enabled them to store Pokemon on computers, send Pokemon around the world, send them back in time, clone fossils to create prehistoric Pokemon. So they got cloning. They have energy con- EM conversion. Problem is, they also have magical elements such as the spontaneous evolution and, well, flowers that can replay a short time sequence, giving one the sense that the Pokemon world is very different from our own. So, it, I mean, definitely we have definite hard tech, but in order to deal with some of this, I mean, some of this might be considered techno magic. I mean, they've got things, they've got a, they've got a time machine, and it's, okay, I told you that the Pokeball tech, and we came up with the term Poke tech. That's yeah. pretty much what this is. You mentioned it <laughs> up and, and it's just it, it's it's stuck. perfect. Anyways, Poke tech, yeah, they have the Pokeball, which is PL8 EM conversion. They do have a time capsule. Now, if you know about OGL's rules on PL's progress levels, if you're at PL8, you can create a PL9 device. The wealth is three higher, which means it's cutting-edge prototype, but they have sent humans back in time. So, mm. oh, wait a minute. Oh, Anyways. That could be, that could be bad. <laughs> but this time capsule thing... <laughs> Ugh, I don't yeah. pretty much see there's something going to be... Oh, well, yeah, that, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. They have a Pokemon projector. A Pokemon. They do have a Pokemon speaker that allows communication with Pokemon. I've, I've, everything I've seen says there's one being worked on. Mm. Are working so, on... Are yeah, still, scientists at to, the Devon Corporation and other companies still are still working on more work advanced... On a Pokemon translator. More advanced and slightly impossible inventions like a Pokemon Dream Projector that makes a visual projection of Pokemon Dreams. Pokemon speaker that allows communication with Pokemon. And a Pokemon so, Transformator that turns people into Pokemon, which Bill accidentally did with testing his teleporter. Anti-grab machines exist along basic means of travel such as bicycles and trucks. So yeah, anti-grab. That's straight up PL7. Once you yeah. make anti-grab a reality, you have entered progress level seven. So, PL six for just the normal schmo. Seven and eight is when you start getting into the governmental basic because you, seven and eight is if you're dealing with that, you are a scientist or a researcher working directly with Pokemon. Okay, now as far as government. You discuss and and this was a we've, shock to me. We've discussed this. There's, as far as I can tell, there's three different variations of individual government. Yes, but they all meet up and discuss international problems. So kind of like a United Nations. Yes. Okay. Like we have our own different systems in each individual nation. But we all Monarchy, democrat, yes. re- representative democracy, some dictatorships. Right. Yeah, different forms of government, but we all meet at the UN if we have a delegate there to discuss yep. problems of an international nature. Right. Okay. And this governing world body of negotiation would be called? I haven't come up with a name for it yet. Well, the for Pokemon that, League the would Pokemon be... The Pokemon League 
is one of the major forms there. Okay. okay. And there's the Ranger Union. Okay. Which has three different branches. All right. And there's a couple actual kingdoms still around. Okay. So Both there are kingdoms are actually focused on around a particular Pokemon. Okay, but the Pokemon League, I get, I gather, are the ones that make. They They've made the Pokeballs, and they are the ones responsible they basically for. Spearheaded this whole United Nations thing. I see. I see it as okay. They saw the dangers of the past because they were the closest to it, and they basically said, "Hey, we need to stop this. We need to work together." Okay. Um. Let's see here. Oh, John, there was something here that at the end of the physics and technology bit that would appeal to you. Mm. Now, in Fringeworthy, we have several worlds which would be classified as toon worlds. Worlds that have cartoon-based characters. I will read this last sentence here for the listeners. In the anime, the physics of the Pokemon world are sometimes stretched to unrealistic degrees. Some common examples are unusual feats of strength and agility, surviving lethal attacks, and hammer space. Um, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and and no one where you pull the gold lemonade leather pants out of. I mean, every time Team Rocket got got their butts kicked, they fly away into the sky and disappear in a little flash of light, and you realize, yep. oh yeah, they'll be back. Yeah, you know. But so I would say that this world classifies as Toon World. I would say it's a mix of that and. It has aspects of the, the tumult. making the anime look fun. Right. But, I okay. mean, if you want to take that out, that's fine. If not, you can incorporate the, those tune aspects. And I could see some of them being incorporated and others being taken out due to them not making sense if mm. it was. That would be TMP out there. That would be. Yeah, yeah. it would be. Yeah. But actually, no. That makes sort of makes sort of sense. I mean, you step through the portal and onto this island, onto, or well, the warp. It's probably a warp. Is it a warp or a portal? Is it say we decided it's a warp? Yeah. The I'm, actual ring station is underwater. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah, because it's a so, desert beach. So yeah. It's so like you out the water closest open yeah. spot is that beach. So you have trained yeah, or what? You, you step through the warp. And first thing you do is look down at your hands and go, okay, cell shading. Interesting. <laughs> you turn to a tune, basically. It's, it's, it's almost a common trope. I mean, we, we already mentioned this for the little My Little Pony World. You step through the portal, you turn to a pony. <laughs> well, well, why would we Why would we do that? Why wouldn't we want to, to be like live action. I mean, there's plenty of art out there depicting all the various yeah. Pokemon characters, including the Pokemon, as realistic figures. But but I've those are... I've seen them depicted as realistic figures. I've seen, yes. I've seen oh, yeah. these. I've, I've seen them pop up on my feed sometimes and they look awesome. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I've seen I've seen some actually some really good um, cosplay. Yeah, they would fall under, under the awesome, you know, and but uh, but then but that's not the the canon world. The canon world is either pixelated or it's the anime in which it's anime. I mean, do you want you know? It's I think it'll be up to the GM to decide. Do you want it to be a real a real world, but but it has this anime aspect, or do you want it to actually be? Anime characters when you step through, you know, you, yeah, that that's just uh, however the GM wants to run it because, yeah. yeah, but this would definitely be a world where the GM would have to have more than just a functioning knowledge of Pokemon. It'd have to be someone like you know this young woman here to my left, where you know it inside and out. And tra- tra- it could even be worse. It could also be eight bit. Oh. <laughs> She's going, no, 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 no. Anything 8-bit, you would be dealing with Generation 1, maybe 2. Yeah. Oh, okay. Since your team would be dealing with typings and Pokemon that appear in Generation 6, it's not going to be 8-bit. Yeah, I don't care what bit it is as long as it isn't super deformed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But most Pokemon are super deformed, at least in their, their generation, their their first evolution. Yeah, 
the ground type. Something about the environment here that I see. Humans and nature in the Pokemon world are linked to each other. As many towns are built around its environment, and they never try to affect the natural environment. Pacific, Pacific Log Town, for example, is built on wooden rafts and logs that float on top of a Corsola colony, while Sutopolis City is built in the crater of a hollow erupted volcano. An ecosystem is formed when all plants, Pokemon, and people in the area function together with all of the non-living physical factors in the environment. It is said that Pokemon are more in tune with nature than humans. So the humans, these now 4,052 humans, learned very early on, we need to be in tune with the environment. We can't be destroying it because that affects everything. Not only will it affect everything, but a lot of Pokemon out there can kill people. Oh, no. Pikachu with his electric shock. Pikachu could have killed Ash several times ever. Yes. Oh, yeah. With the amount of shock that you see... That little thing kick out, yeah, yeah. It would be like Daffy Duck, where you'd see nothing but the pile of cinders oh, and the but eyes blinking at beach. Yeah, <laughs> literally pile of ash. Not yeah, that's it, figuratively and literally. Yeah. Um, it sounds like also that they well, you skipped over it, but it does sound like they do. You know, do get food. I mean, they do. Uh, I don't. I don't want to use the word farm Pokemon. It sounds like they actually do more of wild. They get the more wild Pokemon, not the not the tamed ones well let me read the let me read the thing here uh well pokemon is food it it i would assume for they mean every every, oh no it means everything i mean some some pokemon are known to eat others such as uh yeah pidgeot swooping down to catch is known to catch magikarp that jump out of the water yes since there are so many magikarp it doesn't affect the population as much. Yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll read the thing here in Bulbapedia. It is stated in multiple Pokédex entries that some Pokémon are known to eat others, such as Pidgeots moving down to catch a Magikarp meal from the water. Humans have also been implied to eat Pokémon, while the players' mother's Cinnabar Volcano Burgers and Team Rocket's plot to sell Slowpoke Tails as a sweet treat in Generation 2 and Pokémon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Farfetch'd itself is based on a specific matter for preparing a meal of duck with its rarity in the wild being a result of overhunting. Several of the Sinnoh myths also mention eating Pokemon, saying that they will be born again if their bones are picked clean and returned to where the Pokemon is found. There are normal animals on this world besides Pokemon. There are deer, there are fish, there are birds. So not everything is a Pokemon. Well, it's... eh, eh, It sounds like there was the one... And then it became many, and it became, and then it split off and became humans, became Pokemon, became deer, became rats, whatever. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, they're all. They're, if you look, I bet you take the gene type, you'd find they're all more or less the same critter. Yeah. Let let let. I'll read like here you? evolution. In a Sinnoh myth, it is said that Pokemon and people were originally the same species. Over time, some of these creatures split apart from the rest and became humans. This theory has been explored many times throughout the Pokemon world, but not proven. Mew is said to be the ancestor of all life. It evolved into the other Pokemon. The first human recording was during the Stone Age, millions of years before the modern era. Biological taxonomies, taxonomies of cellular and genetic structure revealed that Pokemon are actually all a single species of life form and that the individual differences between each creature are actually subspecies. This can also explain why Pokemon can variously interbreed with each other. This explores the myth of evolution in the Pokemon world and makes a reference to evolution of animals and humans in the real world. Uh, in modern times, Pokemon commonly go into a process called evolution. During the course of Pokemon's development under certain circumstances specific to that Pokemon subspecies, it may become a different Pokemon. This change is not merely physical, however, as Pokemon of a higher evolutionary stage of different and more usual powerful base stats than their predecessors, may have different moves that can be learned and sometimes change their types, though the primary type is usually preserved. Most Pokemon will undergo this process. Evolution Pokemon for most subspecies is more akin to metamorphosis than actual evolution. The Pokemon whose evolution is closest to the real-world definition of evolution is Burmy, who takes on a different appearance depending on the environment. So you can have hybrid Pokemon? No, no, no. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Okay. When you have two different Pokemon breeding, say you breed Charmander with Slowpoke. Yes, they are compatible. So there's no pre-isolating mechanism that... Parts don't fit. Okay, gotcha. 
Some Pokemon are not compatible with each other. Yeah, let's just say let's most just things say are going to breed with an Onyx. Not happening. Yeah, Onyx, no. So, but 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 their offspring are going to be either one what? or the other parent. Then one or the other parent. Yeah, with no, okay. no combinations. The only thing they might do is inherit some moves or something from the other parent. Oh, okay. Hmm. Those are referred to as egg moves, things they won't so, learn naturally. So basically a, a fire-breathing uh, Pokemon and a water Pokemon get together, they don't make one to make steam. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're getting together. There's plenty of steam. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's oh, the, yeah. Here's the funny thing. No one has ever actually seen... How Pokemon eggs are how Pokemon eggs are made. No one has actually ever seen the act. In so process. they make sure that they're they make sure they are completely alone. Yes. <sighs> well, I I can say this. I I've got an in-game explanation for this. Due to the fact that Pokemon are linked to the world via aura, they sense when other creatures are around, and then they make it's almost you could almost say it's like a precognition or a presence sense where they realize, okay, we're alone. Turn on the berry white. Yeah. So yep. I'm the only I'm the only person in in the men's room. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, let's see. What else do we have here? The culture. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Basically, the culture is they they've done it around Pokemon. You have these Pokemon leagues. You have each city has a Pokemon gym where you can. Fight against another Pokemon trainer or against a judge or coach? What is it? There's Pokemon contests, which are a way to show off without actually battling. Those are different from the gym circuit. Okay. But the gym circuit, usually you have to usually fight the trainer, the head trainer. The trainers inside gym and then the leader. And then you get the badge when you do all that. Right. And now it's Suddenly not you fighting, it's your Pokemon going up against each other. Yeah, there are cases where some leaders don't request a full-blown Pokemon battle. If you manage to impress them if like Ash has done. If you to impress them in a different way like Ash, then they'll give you the badge as proof of that. Yeah. It, the badge is basically proof of your skill as a trainer. Yes. So the more badges you have, the more respect you get, the more reputation you have. Right. Let's see. The history of the Pokemon world is notably different from our own. It seems to be dictated primarily between the interactions between humans and Pokemon. There does not seem to be a major world religion, but some believe in the ancient myths based around the legendary Pokemon. So it is plausible that the population believe in Pokemon as their religion. Backing this up, most people are generally kind and respect Pokemon, Shinto shrines and crosses have both been seen. In Heart Home City, the foreign building appears to be a Christian church. Also, Brock made reference to the story of Noah featured in the Old Testament of the Bible in Pokemon Shipwreck. In Pokemon Adventures in Verily Vanquishing Bioplume 2, a Hoenn couple had a Christian-like wedding. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, okay, if the... This is definitely a parallel world. It's not an alternate. It's not alternate. Whatever it is, it's it's its own little thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. Okay, if there's a current population is four thousand, was no one had no problem back then. He can put all the entire population on a rowboat and get out of there. Uh, <laughs> well, that would mean there is very there is a very slight. There would be a very small chance of even one of them being French worthy. Yeah, it's one in one hundred thousand. That percentage, mm. you might as well not even say there isn't a single fringe worthy on that world. Yeah. Now, the the two the two world wars were they? I mean, were there? Were they? They they kind of kind of imply there may actually be a larger population at one time, and basically those wars sort of well, well yeah, reduced the population it, levels. That's a good question. I'm going to go back and look at. Yeah, look, yeah, check that out. But I mean, yeah, it it said modern day is four thousand fifty two. Right. If you're having, yeah, wars where oh, she found it. Okay. There. The ultimate weapon is a weapon created by A Z. We do. I don't know his real name right now. Three thousand years prior to the events of Pokemon X and Y, Generation Six, located in Geosenge Town. 
underneath it, basically. Features heavily in both of those games is referenced in the other two games as well. The weapon has a similar shape to a flower and appears to be made of a crystalline material. So a crystalline flower was the weapon? The machine was powered by the life force of Pokemon. It's Graves Line Route 10 in Chaos. Yeah. So this guy was basically harvesting Pokemon. He was cursed in the way he was. So basically, he was harvesting Pokemon, most likely against their will, to power this crystalline flower device. Oh, yeah, he's going to the bad place. he's, He's so done. Yeah. Originally, the machine could only bring Pokemon back to life and was used in that capacity to revive the Nans Floet. It had died in the Great War. Okay. <laughs> exposed to the power of this machine... Okay, he sp- says exposed to its power, he gained immortality. He's, he still wanted revenge on those who had killed his beloved Pokemon and converted the device into a weapon that he used to end the Great War by destroying both sides. That implies a lot of people died in a single attack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so basically, that's... this society, then the population is, would be in the, slowly in the process of rebuilding. Because the Second War was the major war. There have been other smaller skirmishes. The major the war... The Second World War was 300 years ago. Right, but that was even, that was smaller than the, the Great War. There was 3,000 well, years. fewer people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one, 3,000 years ago, a large portion of their population would have been wiped out yeah. in that single strike. Okay, so that explains why there's only 4,000 people on this planet. But yeah. you don't see in any of the games any type of war ruins. They rebuild no, I mean, quickly. Well, because they got Pokemon helping them rebuild, they've got rather large Pokemon yeah. that can help build quickly, so... Right. Yeah, and it sounds like they don't actually. Uh, uh, reading through some of this stuff, it doesn't seem that you know, they do have artificial Pokemon. Yes. You know, once, yeah. Porygon. So, and yeah, which are, which basically means, yeah, they never had a need to develop automation. They have Pokemon to do it. Yeah. Okay. Here, so, here's something about the Pokemon that I I brought up to Josie, and she agreed with me on. And she knows about the portals. I have been training her in all things Tritac, but she's in all of my campaigns, and I bring Tritac into each of them. <laughs> the Pokemon, with how they are, with the aura, are so intrinsically tied to that planet. That universe. That universe. Taking them through the portal would kill the Pokemon. I mean, instantly, no, just boom, dead. Because they'd be separated from that aura. Yeah. They're almost so, a gale force. Oh, that's a nice way to put it—a Gaia force, like the Earth Mother type thing. They're, they're, that they're is connect- a nice way to put it, considering this—the legendaries. Yeah, they are manifestations of time, space, they're emotion, willpower. Like Kyogre mm-hmm. and Grudon, manifestations of the Earth and the sea. Yes, these are primal forces of- in. Primal forces Solid of form. the world. Yeah. So yeah, Gaia Force. Thank you, Rich. It's a very good analogy. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's a legendary of each type now. So, yeah. Now you, you also mentioned that they actually can't. They can go to their other dimensions. Now, are we talking? These are all linked dimensions. They're all the Pokeverse dimensions or something like that. They're all linked to the Pokemon universe, yes. The Pokemon world has its own cosmology. Now, let's... Oh, so so to take it back into D&D parlance, they have their different planes you can travel to. Yeah, like they have an... Well, what we figured, they have an ethereal plane and a shadow plane, and then a couple, maybe two or three other pocket dimensions or demi-planes. Yeah, they have something that you would have considered that you said you considered the dimension of time. Yeah, or whatever that that one is. Yeah, uh, it's in your manual of the plans. Yeah, they've got a, a, a temporal energy plane. Yeah, and the ethereal plane where the ghost Pokemon come from, and then shadow plane where Giratina Giratina was sent to. There's also an un. Unknown dimension, U-N-O-W-N. It's a type of Pokemon. It looks kind of like a hieroglyphic 
walking around on legs. Oh, no, they don't. They don't walk. They float. Yeah, I know, but still, I I read about that. Basically, you are looking at a floating letter of the alphabet. Yeah, I looked at that man. There was a lot of smack talk about him. They said that's creepy. They said it was just one of the stupidest Pokemon out there. There, I was not. There are twenty-eight different ones. One for each letter of the alphabet, the exclamation point, and the question mark. Yeah, but still, it's pretty much. I'm reading it. There, there was no love for these things. There wasn't. <laughs> Consider what these There was a lot of there was a lot of unknown hating going on. Okay, what happens when you get a lot of psychics together? Well it's a lot of power in one room. You might yeah. get some psychic backlash depending. Well weird happens. Distortion world, that's where Giratina went. Uh said to be another universal world paramount to the Pokemon world. Two known gateways to it exist, one at the top of Mount Coronet on the Spear Pillar and another in Turnback Cave. The world disobeys the normal laws of physics, creating an effect similar to the art of M.C. Escher. Time does not flow and spatial relations are irregular, allowing the player to walk and serve on walls in any direction. Basically, the D&D version of Limbo. For lack of a better term. So, the distortion world would be Limbo. Mm. It could be either one, considering how Giratina attempts to manifest at first. It get, he gets really mad and the world basically rips a hole between the two worlds, manifesting as this shadowy Okay, let's thing. see. The world's rust-colored landmass is separated into tiny islands. Trees are spiky, incredibly tall, much like giant kelp. Beneath the floating land, there is a spinning whirlpool of spatial clouds. Don't fall. Oh, no, I gathered oh. that was... Ghost world sounds fun. So all the ghosts of people who've died and live there now. <laughs> Let me get... <laughs> ah, ghost world. Here we go. Let's go to that. Uh, the spirit world. Well, you know how Ori- or excuse me, Asian cultures are. They have the spirit world. China has it. Japan has it. Korea has it. And pretty much it's, yeah, the ghost-type Pokemon, most notably Dusk, Dusk Noir. Close enough. Yeah. Well, that's how I pronounce it. That's how I'd read it. You're close enough. I don't know how to pronounce I, I would say names. probably Dusk Noir. It probably is. As well as actual ghosts of people in Pokemon. It is known to emit electrical or radio waves. All of Dusk Noir's Pokédex en- entries highlight its connection to the ghost world. Its Diamond and Pearl Pokédex entry mentions that in the antenna on its head capture radio waves from the world of spirits that command it to take people there. In Platinum Black and White Pokédex entry mentions it takes lost, body- lost spirits into his body and guides them home, presumably referring to the ghost world. Hmm. And in addition to these, Japanese name of the Reaper Cloth or Spirit World Cloth indicates it comes from the ghost world. Okay, yeah. So the ghost world would be their ethereal plane. Yeah. Let's see. What other... To explain the dimension of time, we're going to have to delve into the spin-off series. Oh. Okay. Oh, it looks like they also have their uh, goatee world. The mirror world. <laughs> mirror world? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I call it you know, goatee work because yeah, all the people have wear, wear bizarre goatees. Bizarro world was the thing I used. But mirror world, yeah, alternate dimension with small, strong connections to the reflex, reflection cave. Nearly identical to the regular Pokemon world, except that the humans of Pokemon found the mirror world of opposing personalities, their regular world counterparts, and their physical appearances are reversed. Yeah, it's the mirror universe from Star Trek, basically. Ash would have a little yeah. goatee. Yeah, and actually, and, and actually, and actually not be a <clears throat> rectal orifice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he also was a, was a competent Pokemon trainer, too. Oh! <laughs> right now, the scene from Super Troopers where they all hold up their oh. uh, uh Let's see. Ooh, the time space dimensions. Well, we also have the unknown dimension, which is. No, it just it's known as the Unknown Dimension. Made a number of appearances in the anime, and most notable as the natural home of Unknown, the dimension seems to have an unusually strong link with Ash's world. 
That would be a nice way of saying it is coterminous with that world. Mm-hmm. The dimension was first seen in Spell of the Unknown, Entei, while researching ruins with depiction of the unknown. Spencer Hale was transported into the dimension. His daughter Molly inherited a puzzle box. Oh, that yeah, no good can come from that. No Found good. there that gave her contact with the unknown who granted her wishes. Such was the strength of the world that she created that opening to the dimension appeared in the entrance hall of her mansion. During that time, the unknown gained powerful control over Greenfield, but all contact with the dimension ended after Molly wished for things to go back to the way they had been before. Mm. Address unknown. The unknown in their dimension is explained in greater detail. A portal to the dimension was opened above Mount Silver, and an unknown fell out and became sick with a fever. <laughs> it had little trouble, little trouble returning when it was in good health. And apparently two of the big primal Pokemon, Dialga and Palkia, that was their battleground before the battle moved to Alamos Town. The presence of the Unknown during the preliminary battle suggests that the Unknown dimension represented here is the same as that as Address Unknown spell, the Unknown and Tay. And Arceus and the Jewel of Life suggests that the Unknown's dimension collided with the colliding dimensions of Dialga and Palkia. It's just another dimension as far as the cosmology of the Pokemon world where this particular one Pokemon known as the Unknown, U-N-O-W-N, comes from. That, that, that's all that this world really is. It just It's the home world of that particular Pokemon. Oh, he's bizarre looking. Yeah, I told you. It's like they are walking hieroglyphics or walking letters. Floating letters. Floating, that's right. They, they don't... They float. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.